Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of the Reynolds Wrap Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Reynolds, and this podcast is meant to help encourage and bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. And also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and online at rayreynoldswrap.com. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, rappers, to the Reynolds Rap Podcast. We're glad you've joined us today. Uh, you are a blessing to me, and I appreciate you tuning in to be a part of this and each broadcast every week. I mentioned last week that I'm in the middle of doing disaster relief for our congregation, so you can tell by uh, the sound that I'm in the vehicle driving. Um, I'm actually out on the road. I've got the stickers on the side of the car and the t-shirt on and food in the car. So, But I want you to uh, focus with me, if you will, on a subject that transcends just a hurricane, but metaphorically describes what each of us go through in our own individual lives, and that is, where do we go from here? How do we pick ourselves back up again and move forward? I'm driving down the highway now, and I'm on Highway 59, and I just saw an air conditioning unit laying in the side of a field. Uh, There's not a house for at least a half a mile. have no idea how I got there. I see trees down. Some are standing. There's a, a nice forest here to my left where there's only a handful of trees down but to the right nearly every tree is uprooted i am driving by houses on uh, certain streets that have a tarp on every roof another street may have one tarp Uh, some have all their furniture setting on the side of the road while others may not have any at all that are setting out no carpet no nothing stained uh, and soiled from the hurricane where do we go from here No matter what you've dealt with in your life, um, again, this is metaphorical for life itself, when you've been knocked down, when you're on a rock bottom, how do you get back up again? How do you move forward? How do you get past the tragedy you've experienced? If you've uh, lost your home, if you've lost a spouse, if you have gone through a, a firing at work, if you've lost out in a relationship, maybe you've maybe you've gone through some serious health. Uh, issues. Where do you go from here? How do you move forward when you have hit rock bottom? Now, let me say as I start this podcast that there are many of you who are listening today that if given a microphone or given an opportunity with a pen and paper could probably tell more uh, interesting, maybe more uh, effective stories and certainly some sad stories, worse than the one the ones that I have talked about even in my own life. And I hope that you will gain the courage, you don't need wisdom and knowledge, just the courage to share your experience, share your story with people around you. Because every person has an impact on people around them. You may not realize it, but you have a tremendous ministry around you. You have people around you that need to hear about what God has done and what God is doing and what God has planned for you in the future. They need to hear that story. So where do we go from here? How can you and I pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and get right back out into the world, get back to what we were doing? How can we get past something as tragic as as what we're experiencing down here? Where do you go from here? 
In our last podcast, I told you a lot of stories about people who have been hurting, people that had experienced some heartache and some heartbreak. And that's just a small portion of the stories that I've heard, the people that I've interacted with every single day. Uh, I've just spent some time on the phone today with not one but two people that uh, they're struggling to be able to find adult diapers for their uh, loved ones, their elderly loved ones right now, and have asked if we can help find them. Uh, ironically, had a very good friend from a church in Meridian, Mississippi, Angela Duncan. Her husband, uh, Andy, is one of the elders, and they've been good friends for many years. And ironically, she called me right after I had these two phone calls and said, we've got a member that has uh, a loved one that's passed away and has all these adult diapers. Can you use them? God works in such mysterious ways. How is it that two people could call me in the process of an hour or two and then just within minutes of me getting ready to send out a tweet, uh, a message on Instagram, she calls with this news that we have someone that wants to donate these, these diapers to elderly people that need them. That's the way God works. We had a lady call today wanting diapers and sure enough, here comes a church. Actually, it's two churches. Uh, that that sent supplies to our congregation today, delivered. She'll be able to pick them up in the morning. And so, when people have these needs, it just it's it's amazing. So, where do we go from there? When we see we're on rock, we're at rock bottom. We're 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 up against the fence. We've we have reached the point where we don't think we can take anymore. How do we pick ourselves up, and how do we move forward? Well, we do it with the stories of hope, just like I showed shared with you a couple of things, a couple of things that just happened today to remind me that I cannot sit around here and dwell on what has happened in my past. I, you know, there are, there are a couple things in my yard. You know, we had, had a lot of leaves down, had some debris. I still have some debris on the side of the road. I didn't have any major leaks inside my home, but I did have a little bit of damage, not much, but the storage unit behind was destroyed. It, I say destroyed, it was badly, badly damaged. It needs to be replaced. But for the most part, I, I came out okay. But there are other people around me that did not. Now, when it comes to other things in life, I may have to hit rock bottom and and other issues that I deal with. But in this one, I have an opportunity to go and help people that are in need. And I'm taking advantage of that. And I hope that you, if you're in that situation where you can see someone to help, you can do it. But what about when it's you? What about it's you that's down? You're the one who has been impacted. You're the one who is hurt. How do you move forward? What are you going to do? How are you going to... Get back up and go out and start doing things again. For instance, in relationships, when you've been through a bad breakup, you've been through a divorce, and I've had people come to me, many people, because I've been down this road. I've experienced this before. I, I dealt with it with my parents, and now I've dealt with it personally. How do you move past a broken relationship? You have to let God heal you. Before you ever get up and get back out there, you've got to let God heal you to work on your heart, to get you ready. You can't just jump from one relationship to another. There's no rebound relationships. You need time to heal. You need time to really experience and to process the difficulty you've gone through. When it comes to people who've lost a job, you can't immediately just, I know we all want to go get a job. We need money. And I've done that before. I've, I've, lost a job and then said, okay, I'm just going to take the first job that comes. And it's not always the best option. We have to set, we have to process, we have to stew on it. We have to think about it. God, where do you want me? What do you need me to do? How can I, you know, how can I make this better? How can I better myself from this experience? 
But those are things we've talked about before in the podcast, about a mindset, a change, a positive change. If I'm going to live a positive and uplifting, a spiritual life for Christ, then I have to start with where my mind is. Where am I at? Okay, and again, we focused on that in previous podcasts. Now I want to talk about the action part. What am I going to do to get up and move forward? I want to share some thoughts with you. I'm going to pause here for just a moment, and I'll probably pick back up where I have a little clearer signal. So what do we do when we are down? Let me give you just a few ideas, a few pointers uh, on some things that we can think about and things that we can do immediately to get ourselves back up again. First of all is you've got to change your mindset that you do not want to be a quitter. You are not going to be a quitter. Uh, There are so many things that can make you think negatively. And you have got to, we have got to think more positively about the future outcome of our circumstance. There are so many discouraging, frustrating, you know, obnoxious people out there. There are situations and scenarios that we don't even have time to go into all of those. But I can tell you that it starts in your mind and you have to decide that you're going to overcome You have to decide that you're not going to quit on this. You're not going to give up. You're not going to be the type of person that says, I've had enough. You know, I'm going to throw in the towel. That's not you. That's not you. That's somebody else because you are not a quitter. You're not going to give up on this thing because you know that God has something in store for you. You know, go through the scriptures and look at all the times that God talks about his promises or his blessings. Notice all the things that God has already done in the lives of other people. If you're going to pick yourself up, you have to start with a mindset that I am not going to quit. It doesn't matter how many times I get kicked. It doesn't how many matter how many times I get down. It doesn't matter how many people are against me. It doesn't matter if the court's against me or if the world's against me, if my church is against me, my family's against me. You are not going to be a quitter. You're not going to quit. You're never going to give up. You have to start with that mindset or nothing else I say is ever going to matter. Nothing else God has ever promised you is ever going to matter. You are not a quitter. You have to make the decision that moving forward, you're going to take control of your life. You're going to be the person who is determined, is focused, and is ready. This is one reason why I think that there is such a high demand, a trend towards coaches instead of counselors. People are tired of sitting on a couch and listening to someone, uh, you know, or, or sitting there and talking about how all their problems. And then somebody just says, well, you know, maybe you need to do this. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to get medicated. Maybe you need to get therapy. Maybe you need to, and I'm not trying to downplay at all what counselors do, especially Christian counselors. But what I am telling you is that people are looking for coaches. They're looking for people that will push them, that will motivate them, that will encourage them, that will be there to say, you can do this thing. It's more than just kind of listening along and and just you know saying, okay, well, how do you feel about this? People today want to be pushed. They want to be motivated. They want to be kicked in the pants. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it has happened, but we're in a society where that's what we need today. 
We need more motivational speakers. You remember when you were in high school and they'd bring those people in and, you know, we'd all sit in the gymnasium and we'd, we'd listen to the speech and we were just glad to get out of class, you know, and we'd go in there and we'd sit and we'd just kind of yawn through it. They'd turn off the lights and some of the kids would sleep through it. You know, we'd pass notes and whatever. There's a reason why they did that to us. They wanted to bring someone in to try to motivate us to try to push us, to teach us something, to show us. And sometimes it would make an impact. I still remember a couple of the speakers that we brought in. Uh, I remember attending some even as a, as a college student and as a later as a teacher to set in on certain speeches and, and conversations that I thought were very memorable. But that's what people need today. That's what they want. So the first thing you got to do is change your mindset that you're not going to be a quitter. The second thing you need to focus on, if you're going to get yourself, pick yourself up and get back out there and do what you need to do, is you got to remember that God has never quit on you. Not once. Not once. You have to change your mindset that God has never quit on you. He's a God of long suffering. He's a God of kindness, of goodness, and of love. And he loves you more than you'll ever imagine. He is never going to quit on you until the day you take your last breath. He's never going to quit believing in you and what you can do. Now, this isn't health and wealth gospel stuff. This isn't, this isn't, you know, I'm trying to pet your ego stuff. This is strictly from Scripture. God believes in his people. He, he understands. He's extremely compassionate and understanding towards his people. And if you're a child of God, you've got to believe in yourself because God believes in you. You've got to trust he's going to do exactly what he said. That's why we're given the Bible. There's so many stories of hope and of, you know, success. Because people put their full trust in him. Look at, you know, Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6. Look at uh, Philippians 4 and verse 8 and 9. Look at 4 and 13. Look at passages that remind you to change your way of thinking, to trust in him, to follow his ways. He'll bless you. He'll give you the strength. Christians today have a hard time with believing what is supposed to resonate from Scripture. Maybe one of the reasons is we don't read the Bible as much as we should. We depend on our preachers to tell us. We depend on our Bible class teachers to tell us. We depend on our parents who have gone to church their whole lives. And when we have a difficult thing, we'll ask them how to handle it. I have Bible questions coming to me every day. I've had two today coming from people say, I'm not sure exactly what I should believe on this particular thing. Why do people do that? They're searching. They need encouragement. But we've got to get better about reading the Word of God. If we're going to trust in Him, we're going to let Him speak. I'm talking about this Sunday in our worship service together, and I'm still contemplating recording it and putting it on as a podcast because I do believe that we need to learn stillness to be still and know that God is exactly who He says He is and will do exactly what He says He'll do. Another thing, too, if we're going to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and get back out there, you've got to remember, first of all, you've got to change your way of thinking. Remember that you, know, you need to believe in yourself. You need to believe that God believes in you. And then you've also got to remember that there are other people around you that are watching you, that are depending upon you, that they're looking to you. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's coworkers. There are people around you that are depending on your example, You emulate Christ. And so if your faith is weak, it also causes other people around you for their faith to be weak. Now, I'm not saying that's the sole reason why you choose to have perseverance. But I'm saying that when you do not persevere, it affects the behavior of other people around you. I see that with our football team all the time. 
I'm a chaplain for a football team here. And I've noticed that there are times when there are a couple of key players that just kind of get up, give up, and they go through the motions. It affects the whole team. So when I've had opportunities to give speeches and really try to encourage them, I've reminded them, hey, you guys, you need to get yourself in the frame of mind that the whole team is depending upon me right now. And I need to give it my very best effort. That what you're going to do, the work that you're going to give is not going to be in vain. It's not going to be without recognition because everybody around you is depending on you. I'm not saying you carry the whole weight of the team on your shoulders, but if you look at it like if I slack off, if I give up, if I don't give my best, then nobody's going to notice it. The guy standing next to you is going to notice it. And you're going to notice it. It changes your frame of mind. It changes your way of thinking. It's just like with worship. People come stumbling in here and they're like, well, you know, it's Sunday and I'm going to come to church and I guess I'll put a little something in the plate and, you know, I'll, I'll open my Bible and pretend like I'm following the preacher. And when you don't give, I've seen people in every church I've ever been in just about that stand there and just listen to the songs. Now, I know some are emotional and they can't get the words out, but most of them are just simply they don't want to sing. And I tell them, why did you decide to skip worship today? Like, I didn't skip worship today. Oh, yeah, there are several acts of worship. Singing is one of them. So if you refuse to sing, you're refusing to worship. That's a corporate part of our worship service. That would be no different than plugging your ears when the prayer is being offered. It's no different than falling asleep when the sermon's being preached. Or whenever the plate passes by, you refuse to drop anything in it. Or refusing communion. It, if we do not contribute to every part of worship, why are we there? If you're going to be on a team and you're going to give very little, if anything, what is your purpose? Same thing when you're on the sidelines. I tell our students all the time, when you're on the sidelines, you're not sitting there thinking about what's going on after the game. You're not trying to take selfies with your girlfriend in the stands. You know, you are focused on the other players on the field that you've trained with for months to get to that game. And they need your encouragement. You need to be yelling from the sidelines. You need to be pumping them up. You need to be praising them when they make a tackle or an interception or whatever they've done. You need to praise them for it. And when they come off the field after making mistakes, you pump them up and say you can do it again. That's what it means to do things in a, as a team. The church is a team. We're a body. We work together. I'm not out there trying to point out all your flaws and mistakes. I'm trying to help you become better at what you're doing. And if I don't give it my best and I'm a quitter, it's going to definitely impact people around me. Your work, your service, your good works inspire other people. So if that's true, what does it mean about your laziness? What does that mean? I think it impacts other people around us as well. And I think more profoundly than you might imagine. Don't think that you're being ignored. Don't think that people aren't watching you. There are people watching you. People talk about, you know, being too much, too visual, too posting too much on Facebook. And I know if you follow me on Facebook, I post a lot. I post multiple times a day. In fact, my Instagram page has like 2,200 posts. And I've only had Instagram for like maybe four years. I've had Facebook for... Goodness, it's like 13, 14 years, long time. Well, maybe longer than that. But I'm telling you that when you when you post stuff on Facebook and you're encouraging all the time, you're positive all the time, that makes an impact on other people. If you're constantly negative and running people down, that also makes an impact. So just think about your actions. And another thing too, remember that as you do it, you're going to be rewarded for the good works you've done. 
It may not come immediately, but it's going to come eventually. And when you're successful, and don't measure success by what people say about you. You know, don't, don't, I have a lot of awards and diplomas and things like that. They're not even on my wall right now. I moved into this office in May. They're not even up on the walls. They're in the room, but they're not on the walls. Where are they? They're in a box. You know why? I haven't had the time to put them up. That's not the first thing I want to hang in my office. I want to put books up. I want to put uh, some scriptures up. I want to be able to put a few pictures up. Those things are the last thing that I want to have up in, in the office. Because when teenagers come in here in my office, they're not going to go, ooh, you know, Mr. Ray has a PhD. Oh, Mr. Ray was an alumnus of the year of his school. Oh, Mr. Ray was in this and he was in that. And what difference does all that make? It's great to be rewarded. It's great to be recognized. But that's not why we do it. And if that is why we do it, we're having a problem. But remember that your reward will come eventually. You don't do it for the praise of men. We work for God and not for men. And so your reward is coming. And another thing, too, I want to focus on before we close out is things can always be worse. When you're down, if you're going to change your way of thinking, remember things can be worse. And let me tell you, I have been down before. I have been down. I will, I will, and I've shared a few things from my story before. There are more, I'm sure, more things I'd like to say in the future. I haven't had the courage to do that yet because it's still too fresh. But I'm telling you, things can be worse. You lose your health. You lose your, your spouse. You lose your kids. You lose your job. You, you go bankrupt. There are times, I mean, you, you'll think, oh, i got to handle these finances and everything, and then you'll get sick, or you'll have a car accident. And, and maybe you'll have a great time at work, everything's going great at work, but it's terrible at home, or vice versa. Everything at home's great, but you can't get it together at work. Or you're going to college and you decide that you've spent four years studying something that you don't want to practice when you get out into the real world. You have these headaches. You have these issues. Maybe you're particularly healthy and fine, but you've got a child that's going through health problems. Or maybe a parent that lives across the United States and you don't know what to do. There's always things that are going to be worse. And so when you sit around and feel sorry for yourself and have these pity parties, I tell my friends all the time, I, if, I can, if I can manage it, I'm not going to attend another pity party. I can't stand it. I can't stand to sit and watch somebody moan about how horrible their life is when there are people out there that don't even know if they're going to survive the night. Go out here. We're doing these hurricane disaster relief work. Go out here and see some of these people that lost everything. There's a lady who showed up here at the church yesterday. She's driving a U-Haul. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Everything she owns is in the back of that U-Haul because she lost her home. And she said, that's the best I could do is I went and I had enough money to, buy, to rent a U-Haul for the next few weeks. And she's driving around Baldwin County in a U-Haul with three children living by herself, one in diapers, in a car seat. And these three kids are inside this thing. Now, I, can't, I can't remember. I, I didn't get a chance to talk to her much because we had so many people coming in and out. I can't remember where she's staying, but she's found some place that she can stay. But everything she owns is in the back of this U-Haul. She's doing laundry at the laundromat. And that family of four is not sure when they're going to get another home again, when they're going to be provided for. And I'm sitting around griping because, you know, I'm inconveniently not allowed to go sit in the Chick-fil-A lobby. You know, I'm, I'm upset because my favorite coffee place was, was destroyed and it may be a few weeks. Or my Walmart got messed up and it's going to be, you know, a little while before the Walmart gets up and going again. Or, 
you know, I, I don't like the fact that the debris that I've piled up at the corner hasn't been picked up yet and I'm having to drive past it every day on the way to work or anything else like that. We gripe and complain and we have to remember that things could be worse. There are innocent people having their blood shed today because they believe in Jesus Christ. And I'm worried about a negative comment on Facebook. I mean, seriously? If you want to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and get back out there to what you're supposed to be doing, remember there are always people worse off than you. Your worst case scenario would be a welcome treasure to someone on the other side of the world. Is that my car's not working? Man, there are some people in the world that would love to have a car, period. In fact, if they had a car, they'd put it in neutral and have friends push it. I mean, you, we, we are so spoiled. We're so selfish. So we need to take the focus off of ourselves if we're going to succeed. Pick yourself up, get back up, and go at it again. I'll close with this. Just recently, uh, I started watching. I don't, I don't have television like as in like local TV and stuff like that. Um, mainly just have, I have Netflix and I have uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime I get because I have a, an EDU address for my email. And so you get, you get that as a, a perk with Prime for free. So I have Amazon Prime, and then I I uh, we I have Netflix, and that's it. I don't have anything else. I don't have cable. I don't have um, I have the internet, of course. But so I've started watching Wipeout and Total Wipeout. That's one of my favorite shows, and I don't know why. I know you may think I'm cynical or weird, but I I just love to watch people trying to go through these obstacle courses and just getting you know, waylaid and knocked in the mud. And and one of the reasons why I like it is obviously it's funny. But the other reason is to see the determination that people have to be able to get through to the end, to realize that every obstacle they face is something that is keeping them from getting to the ultimate destination of winning. For for the British ones, it's 10,000 pounds, okay? And they're willing to take on the risk to have the reward. And I'm asking you, is it worth the risk to gain the reward? Not on earth, but in heaven, Get up, dust yourself off, get back out there and do it. And if you need motivation, find somebody who can hold you accountable, that can encourage you, that can pick you up, that can coach you, that can mentor you to stay in the race. Let's not be quitters. Let's walk by faith, not by sight. And let's go out there into the world and let's show them what it means to be a Christian, not in word, but in deed, in action, in truth. And show the world this is the way Jesus lived his life with determination and perseverance. And that's exactly what I'm going to do if I'm going to wear his name and live in this world. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and follow the Reynolds Wrap podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and also check out our website at rayreynoldswrap.com. If you have any questions or if you'd like for us to address a specific topic in the future, you can write to us at rayreynoldswrap at gmail.com. Be blessed and may the Lord guide you as you seek to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus. Thank you.